Welcome to Threads of Sustainability. I'm your host, Bridget O'Flaherty. With climate change and environmental impacts becoming a common narrative in our daily lives, it seems like a great time to explore what sustainability looks like in the quilting, fiber, and textile world. We'll hear from creatives, makers, manufacturers, and producers from all over the world to discover what sustainability looks like to them and find out how they're contributing to a sustainable future. We will celebrate positive steps people are taking no matter how small. Whether you're a hobbyist or a pro, you can bring sustainability into your practice. Join me as we take a deep dive into the environmental, social, and economic impacts with Threads of Sustainability. I want to welcome Rihanna Dollar to this week's episode, and she is coming to us from the Netherlands, and I want to know where in the Netherlands are you? I'm in the middle of the Netherlands. It's called uh, Gelderland, and we sometimes like to call it, it's kind of a bit of hilly. If you compare it to mountains in America and stuff like that, you probably say no. I was looking at your website. Well, you and I met on Facebook and it was a really interesting little exchange that we had around sustainability. And we both realized that we call each other, we call ourselves a sustainable quilter. But you're over there in the Netherlands and we both have really kind of different approaches to sustainability which doesn't mean that one's right or wrong or good or bad. We just are different. And so I wanted to talk to you a bit about what your approach to sustainability is. So yeah, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Why do you call yourself a sustainable quilter? To me, sustainability is about three different things. Actually, it's people, planet, profit. So the people should to, to have like a good sustainable future. But for me, I've discovered after a lot of involvement in sustainability projects and development aid and stuff like that, that everything starts with the mentality of the people actually and creating an ability in people to be able to make a sustainable world happen. And, and my approach to sustainability therefore is four core values, joy, sustainability, mindfulness and connection. And all of them are connected in a way to the tradition of quilting. So my approach to sustainability is basically creating community and creating a place where people can feel home, both in a group and in themselves with the magic of quilting. That's, that's amazing. I love hearing about those types of connecting community and building sustainability through communities. I love hearing about that. How do you get your community engaged? What do you do? Person by person, actually, I really, because I'm sustainable, I've discovered that the most important thing is to have organic growth. Person by person, literally, by meeting somebody on Facebook. And I also do events. I want to make quilting more cool again. <laughs> so you have to engage people who don't even really know about quilting anymore, who see quilting as something very complicated or very expensive. So my approach to reach people is by basically turn up at places where I think the important people for me are going to be and then just engage them in something without necessarily mentioning it quilting. So for example, I have one project that's called the Kick-Ass Welcome Quilt Project where I make quilts in a group of people. We make them together and when the quilt is finished, we donate it to refugees. And I'm doing that this summer as a sort of pop-up experience at like a clothing swap or like at festivals, at parties, at sustainable fashion events. I just be there. I spread out the magic of quilting. We work a little bit on that quilt for the refugees. And then I show people what quilting is. That has been very effective. Are you going back to basics with them? Like, are you doing hand piecing? And, and so you've got templates there for people to work from and they just are putting quilt blocks together while they're sitting there sewing? Yeah, I have a very simple project with squares. 
Okay. Sort of based on the nine patch pattern, but with different shapes. And I I want everybody to feel like they could contribute. And many people, they feel like they're not creative enough. So I decided that uh, you could contribute by preparing clothes. Because if you want to cut with a shirt, you need to cut it up. Or you need to cut up the pants and stuff like that. I have templates. People can draw on the clothes. You can piece the things together. And you can finish the quilt at the end. So uh, they can do all those stages by hand because I don't like doing machines when you're in a group and so you're using your materials that you're using are all clothing materials that have been upcycled mainly but I also get donated fabrics okay so I don't buy any fabrics I get secondhand and it's a combination of clothes and normal cotton and other fabrics quilting cotton as well it's a combination here's a question that I get asked a lot how do you tell what the content of a clothing piece of clothing is. How do you tell if it's cotton? I don't. It doesn't matter to you. You use anything. It's it's not exclusively cotton. No, because I really like the symbolism of a quilt being compiled of a lot of different kind of fabrics. So I don't really mind if I mix polyester and cotton. My whole thing is I want to create awareness that textiles are valuable, whatever like material they are from, because it's already created. So I think it's good to make something else out of it and not throw it away because it's polyester. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I I love that idea. Most of your community is connecting in person and doing these various different events. Do you do online connections as well? You have a term in development world that's called localization. And it means that it's good to have local initiatives, but also global connections. And that's what I try to do. So I have my local activities at home. But I also have an online community and I have an Instagram and a Facebook where I share inspiration, but where I also have live sessions on Instagram. And I also have a sustainable quilting college where people can find it's a Facebook kind of construction with also videos lessons. Oh, okay. So tutorials on how to do the the quilting and stuff. And they have an opportunity to get together and have conversations around quilting and, and community that way. Yeah. Share ideas, like when you get stuck, you can ask, how do I make something out of these pants and this shirt? And then I can help them. So tell me some of the stories of the community, the people that you're connecting with and what what kind of a difference it's making to them in their lives. One of them I'm uh, kind of most proud of so far. It started out with people who were also already into creativity. Those are the first people I reached. And it was amazing to see they, they got confidence about quilting through my lessons because I make it approachable I want everybody to feel like they can quilt so it's very easy it's with hand it's nothing about crazy techniques it's just about enjoyment recently I've uh, met a group they called the SSPI from Uganda they are a Congolese refugee organization who try to make the environment better where they live And they somehow got interested in quilting. So I get asked the question a lot if men quilt or not. But now there's like a group of Congolese guys making quilts. That's amazing. (laughs) And that's the wonderful thing about the internet, I think. That you can have like, it just works. It's magic to me. It's amazing. I'm so proud of that. That is amazing, (laughs) yeah. And it's so great to have sort of this distant connection and, and encouraging a community to grow that way that's not, considered your typical community. In- yeah, that's really important to me. 
Because if you want to create a sustainable world, everybody has to be part of it. Like everybody, not only like people in the West, but also the people not in the West. Yeah, yeah. And I think breaking barriers like that and, and changing the narrative is, is just super important. We need to start having those kinds of changes happening in our industry. So I would that if you just start, it's it goes by itself. If people like quilting is for me a tool and you have different tools, of course. But yeah. it shows that people are sort of interested in creativity without like those prejudices about men shouldn't quilt. They just do it because they thought it's an amazing way to create beauty. Yeah, that, that's awesome. <laughs> and they're able to access materials in a similar way, just upcycling materials. and Kind of. I'm looking into ways to get sponsors or funds because they do have basic shirts and t-shirts and stuff like that but they struggle with internet costs and and scissors and stuff like that so there is some funding needed but i'm trying to figure it out i'm I'm more into first doing and then trying to sort out the issues as they come up yeah yeah. Tell me a little bit more about some of the projects that you work on. You've got the big quilts that you're trying to make, but you have some little projects that you do as well, teaching people how to just do sewing and stuff like that, right? Yeah, that's called the, the mini memory quilt. Okay. I've noticed that quilting sounds too complicated for a lot of people. I want to really reach people who have not considered quilting before. I started sharing why quilting is important to me, not only the sustainability part, but also... Quilting to me is a way of giving comfort to yourself or to others because a quilt is comfortable, of course, and there's lots of time and effort spent into it. And also a quilt can hold a lot of memories. With a memory quilt, you use clothes of somebody who died or they are linked to a significant event in your life. One of my workshops is the yeah the mini memory quilt where I teach people the basics. I usually ask them to bring two items of clothing that mean something to them. And then we turn them into a coaster. It's it's like three, four hours work. And then they can make their first quilt. And it motivates people to start as well. Because it's not very big. And it's something meaningful. A lot of people have clothes that they cannot really throw away. But they also don't know what to do with it. Like the leader of that Ugandan organization. He was telling the story about a shirt he used that his wife had bought him. Before she went to America. But some ants had eaten it so there were holes in it and he couldn't wear it anymore but he didn't want to throw it away because his wife had given and he was very happy that he could turn it into a quilt so it's the storytelling around it that that makes people motivated to join and this is an example so tell me about that it's made from shirts of my grandfather because he always uses very flamboyant shirts like the bicycles and this is the inside of his pants it's the example i made and now every time when i drink tea i think of my grandfather Oh, nice. His sense of humor. So it's a way of creating value in your life as well. So instead of buying something you throw away, you have something that really gives you like those good vibes. Having those connections is is just so important. I saw a video that you did recently of, and I, I didn't recognize the word and you made, it's like a little pillow cushion thing that you made and you're showing people how to make like a pin cushion. Oh, a biscornu. A biscornu? Yeah, it's not a term that I'm familiar with, this for new. Yeah, I know it from the embroidery world. You have a triangle, you need two of them, and you sort of fold them onto each other, and then you get this shape. A round pincushion pin shape. Yeah, and I like the idea of once people have tasted quilting and they're like, this is something I want to continue, it's, it's very nice to make your own tools as well, to make you feel extra proud. Now you're really a quilter because you have your own uh, yeah. pincushion. 
And then you're able to use those materials in there as well, the upcycled materials in that. Yeah, usually I stuff with pillow filling or sweaters and stuff like that. Depends a bit on what I have. And so tell me a little bit about what led you to wanting to do sustainable quilting. How did that come up for you? Well, I started quilting when I was around 19. I I was a student and I was living on my own. And I already loved secondhand stores, but I also didn't have a lot of money. I wanted to quilt, but I couldn't afford quilt fabrics. And I also didn't really like quilt fabrics because everybody bought the same. I think for me, creativity is really about making something beautiful of whatever you can find, actually. And then the surprise in how it turns out is what it's what makes it such a nice process for me. My first quilt also is consisted of cotton and polyester, shiny fabrics, all kind of fabrics, because people told me you can only quilt with cotton. And I wanted to see if that was true. So I went to Facebook, who has strange fabrics I can have? And I got like boxes of that stuff and I just put it together. And I really like the results because to me, it makes quilts look alive because the texture is different and every fabric has a story. There's something about secondhand stuff that makes it more alive to me. Partly budget saving, partly I really enjoy it more. And then I started studying. I started teaching people because I noticed that I'm 29 and there are very few young people who really like quilting and they mainly don't like it because they feel like it's too expensive and that it has to be perfect. But I was like, it doesn't have to be because I quilt differently. And then I started teaching because I wanted quilting as an art form to survive because to me it's very important for sustainability as well. And nobody else was doing it. So I was like, nah, yeah, I'll do it. That's awesome. Uh, what were you studying? International development studies and urban environmental management, which basically is nonprofit work, how that works, development of third world nations and stuff like that, and how to build living areas that are sustainable and also make people enjoy life. So how to improve the world studies. So then you brought all of that into this this quilting projects that you've got now. And you have an online community, a sustainability college. Yeah, I call it Sustainable Quilt College. And so tell me about that. Tell me about what you do there and how it's set up. It's kind of a safe space for everybody who wants to be more sustainable in more an introvert way and wants to get inspiration and make online friendships. And there's also, of course, the lessons people can follow. I saw also the way that you have the the structure of the fee schedule. So tell me a bit about that. I also, I've worked in development quite a lot. The value of money is simply not the same all over the world. So if you want everybody to be able to join in a project, you cannot set a set fee because, for example, if you ask $80 a year in America, it would be fine for a lot of people. But in Kenya, it's impossible for most people. That's like most people wouldn't be able to pay $80 a year, for example. So I decided to do it donation based in a way that people can choose who feel, how much they contribute because I think if everybody contributes what they can one of them might pay 200 another one might pay five that it all will be fine in the end that's amazing that's amazing <laughs> I, I love that idea and that's a social project right there as well right it's amazing how many of these little parts of what's considered like a quilt business end up having to have consideration around how you're presenting it and how it it fulfills that sustainability goal. I tried to do the more traditional way of selling courses in the beginning, but I noticed it just didn't work with the values I had because I started to have more the value of really having impact in the world with quilting. And it didn't work because I couldn't sell, I couldn't tell people the story of you have to pay this amount, but everybody is welcome. 
it just didn't work. I think what you're doing is really amazing. And, and I'm really excited to see the work that comes out of it and the, the projects that you have. And I want to hear more about the stories of the people that you're impacting. I think that that's mm-hmm. really, those are really valuable stories. Have, have you got any other stories about connections that you've made and the kind of differences that what you're doing is making for people? Yeah, I noticed that because it's such a, a quiet, slow approach that people really tend to feel like they come home. So it's really hitting that slow stitching, that whole idea and intent. Yeah, the people I work with best are the ones who might be like, for whom the world is a bit too quick and that it seems all meaningless and introverted people. I also want to do something with traumatized people, the people who feel like the world is a little bit too much. And I create a safe space for them with what I do, actually. Like, it's cheerful because I believe joy is important. But in a, you're safe however you are and you're welcome also with all your sadness. And I feel people relax. And it's something with patience because, yeah, of course, not the first workshop. But people tend to come back and then you notice that they're really happy that there's a place like that. Yeah, they can just do what they, without judgment and without pressure to be perfect, yeah. just be able to work with their hands. That's also why, uh, why the joint project works so well. because. It doesn't matter how much you contribute. If you make a donation quilt, 20 people work on one quilt and one person makes like 10 blocks because they're very quick. And another person spends an hour unpacking a shirt because that's everything they're capable of. And it's all fine because there's not something you have to accomplish. And so if you were to give a recommendation, like if you were to give advice to somebody who's walking past your booth and maybe thinking about it and you had the chance to take them aside and say, here's why you should do this. What would you say to that person who's thinking maybe? How do you convince them to join you and sit with you? I usually show them different steps in the process so they know exactly how it goes. And then I just encourage them to try even a little bit. Usually it's best if you can experience it. So I I just encourage people to just try even a little bit. And it must be so interesting to watch them make that decision Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going to go sit there. You know, that that they're standing back and watching for a minute maybe, and then they make decision to engage. That must be such an interesting moment for you to see. Uh, I was at a workshop at the secondhand store where I also get some of my clothes and there were two guys who joined because they are from the secondhand store. So they kind of had to, (laughs) but you notice that after half an hour or so, it became really quiet. Like the quiet, the kind of quiet you have when people are focused. And then it sort of uh, landed with them how how much peace of mind you can get with such a hobby and how fun it is. Because they were guys, so they were like, I don't know if this is something for me. But at some point they, they were just like, oh, two hours have been gone and it's like nothing and so relaxing. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. I make it very approachable. I had a festival in Arnhem as well. And this year is all about making people familiar with the magic of quilting without forcing them. It's it's like it's introverted people who are a little bit scared of the world and tired. So very, very slowly. I don't make big quilts yet. Maybe in the winter. We make those party things you hang on the walls. We make like coasters. We quilt together like small projects. And I noticed that really helps because then people have something in their hands that they really feel like, oh, I did something. And they don't feel overwhelmed by it. Yeah. No. And it doesn't have to be neat or something. So <laughs> they don't feel that much pressure. And then I also show them that mine are also not neat, but still beautiful. Not expecting perfection. <laughs> oh, it's all about the joy. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so good. Knowing the social impacts that are starting to happen, these kinds of projects are really, I think they're really, really important the world over. Yeah, to me, sustainability is really about going to the basics back. And that's also why I make it so approachable and uncomplicated. For me, sustainability is really about using what's there and create beauty again with people with whatever skills they bring. Because I believe everybody can contribute. It's just about finding a way for them to have the space to. And so do you have any big projects lined up? What are your next ideas that you're hoping to engage people with? This summer is all about meeting people and spreading the name of Kick-Ass Quilts and also to set up the structures. I don't only have a fee people pay to get into college. You can also sponsor me. and I really want to set that up so I have a solid basis so I can also do the non-profit people. That's amazing. Going to people, meet them meet my people and collect the tribe is yeah. the plan with the simple projects. And so where, where can people find you? Kick-Ass Quilts. You can find it on Facebook. You can find it on Instagram. Kickassquilts.org is the English website. .nl is the Dutch website. I am on LinkedIn, but not very actively. So mainly Instagram and Facebook and the website. I will put those links into the show notes as well. And I also have a newsletter. And if you join that one, you will get emails about my activities. And also first class for the beginner, you can follow uh, through email. So if you can find them on my website, you can just leave your email address and then you will get emails about this course as well. So that's the the little poster course that you have that as a a tutorial through your emails? Yeah, memory quilt one. So I also talk a little bit about the history of quilting, why a memory quilt matters, what memories are and how you can make them last and stuff like that. That's awesome. Just encourage people to let go of things how they should be, only being able to quilt with cotton and stuff like that, and just embrace the meaning of a quilt and the clothes that you use for it. The meaning and the joy is more important than perfection and having the corners meet. Yeah, the stories behind those are as well are really yeah. important. Because quilts are, for me, art, but also something you use. And the combination, I think, is very important to remember. I agree. Beauty in the everyday. So perfection is not necessary. It's all about like beauty in the everyday. Yeah. Beauty in the everyday. Very nice. What great stories coming out of Rianne Dollar, who is from Kick-Ass Quilts. I really liked talking with her about the community projects that she's working on. I think it is it is really important work. That's a big part of what sustainability needs to be. We ended our conversation there but actually continued talking and we started getting into conversations around different people doing sustainability businesses and how we are helping each other out in those areas and how important that kind of work is. So I'll share the rest of the interview with you now. I like that in sustainability, everybody does its part because I use quilting as a tool, but you can also do like football or cooking or walking and stuff like that. I just use quilting for the people who resonate with it. And I also really do the community building, but you're more into the facts, which is good. You help each other. Yeah, well, and and I think that we need all the parts, right? It's sustainability is too big as one big idea. That, that we can't be everything. We can't be sustainable in every parts of our lives. And to do no. that is overwhelming. And we're not going to be able to pull that together. So the idea of being able to just have a focus and really specific, drill down and niche into what it is that makes you really excited and really happy and be sustainable in that. I think once you start there, 
it trickles into the rest of your life because you kind of can't help it. It becomes part of what you're doing, your being, you know? Yeah, I think for me, it also becomes easier to focus when your mission becomes clear. For me, Kick-Ass Quilts is really the core of my being in a way. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not only I what I do for people, like giving them a home, I also do for myself in a way because I always felt a little bit lost in the world and quilting was my anchor to hold on to sanity and find joy in life that I didn't understand at all. And I think that makes it, you can see it when people have that mission. And if all those people work together, I think we're going to make it. I think so too. And I think that having the focus of, uh, that's what happened with me with when I decided, okay, no, I want to talk about sustainability and quilting. And I want people to know what that can look like because they don't know. And, and how else are they going to find out, you know, and it becomes too big a topic. And as soon as I made that clear decision, it's like, okay, this is the route I'm going and this is the path and this is the passion. And it's became really exciting to just have that, those ideas with that clarity. I really commend what you're doing too. I think what you're doing is really, really great. I like as well that once your own focus becomes clear, you start meeting people with a different focus we can work with because... I also had that idea of hosting events and festivals and stuff like that, but I'm not good at organizing things. But then I started meeting people who are. So at some point it all somehow comes together. Yeah. You start attracting what you're looking for, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So you don't have to do everything. You don't, you can only focus on what you really feel like you can. That's that small actions matter again. Just start as well. Just start somewhere. Yeah. small and then see if it works like the organic growth you start with a very small plant and then you see if it works and then it grows and grows and then it has branches and in, in a few years time it's going to be strong but you start very small and then yeah I want to thank Rihanna Dollar for joining me and talking with me about her projects. It's been a really interesting conversation and really neat to know what's going on around the world and what other people are doing in other countries for with sustainability. If you like what you hear on the podcast, I would love it if you would follow, like, and share the podcast. And if you are interested in supporting the podcast, you can do that. There's a support the podcast link on all of the platforms and on the website at BridgetOflaherty.com. We'll see you next time. If you're interested in a community that engages with sustainability in quilting and textiles, you can join the learning hub at BridgetOflaherty.com. There you will find memberships, online courses, supplies, and resources for sustainability and my textile art. You can also book me to speak with or teach your group. You can find me on social media at The Sustainable Quilter. Don't forget to comment, like, and share, and to follow me on your favorite podcast app so you won't miss an episode. Thanks for joining me, and I'm so excited to share this journey with you. Until next time, happy stitching.